And we're off. So we're back. Episode 8. Give me the money podcast. with your boys? What's happening, boys? What's happening, Cuzzo? What you up to? Same shit, different day. Yeah, New pretty podcast. Nothing, uh, nothing new in my life. Uh, but there's also been nothing new in my life for the last literal, like a legitimate year now. <laughs> Here, let me share the screen. Uh, that bitch full screen. Put that shit at the top to go away. All right, let's just start off with uh, little a little UFC preview for UFC 258 this Saturday. Uh, so who do we got? We got uh, Kamaru Uzman, whose nickname is the Nigerian Nightmare, <laughs> Def- uh, defending his uh, welterweight belt against his teammate from from Stan- uh, Sanford Mixed Martial Arts, Gilberto Dorino Burns. And this is Usman's third title defense. He's already proven himself as one of the current greats in the welterweight division. And we'll give you a little quick recap brought to you by our boy. Keith Eppinger did a blog on this. Shout out Russo's playbook. Uh, so he took the belt from Tyron Woodley at UFC 253 in 2019, broke Colby Covington's jaw, and won by TKO in the fifth round at 255 for his first title defense. Uh, then he beat Masvidal, uh, according to Keith, is one of the baddest motherfuckers in the game. He is. He's a beast, bro. Uh, last summer. And allegedly seems invincible with a, a career record of 17-1-0. and zero. Uh, And then Burns is currently ranked number two in the welterweight division with the record of 19-3-0. And all his, his last six fights have all been wins. And hang on, let's just slide down a little bit because we got a lot of fluff, a lot of other stuff, honestly, stuff I don't really want to read or cover right now, but let's get to the betting numbers. So uh, the odds for this fight, uh, Usman is the favorite at minus 280 for the money line. Burns is uh, plus 220. Keith loves the underdogs. He hit on Poirier and Chandler in in the last uh, UFC. I also hit on... uh, was it uh Poirier? Um, so our guy, who's the, parent, the resident UFC expert, knows a bit more than the two of us schmucks. Yeah, dog. I'm honestly just gonna rock with him on this one. Yeah, you just gotta rock with our boy. He knows what he's talking about. So, you know, we gotta go with Burns this weekend on Saturday. Hundred percent. Rocking with Burns at plus two twenty, and then uh. I forget the other day he sent me a screenshot. I liked what it, his pick on rounds for it was like the over, I think it was four and a half rounds for the fight. Wow. I don't know about that. Uh hang on. Let me see if I could find it, because um I, I feel like he probably took that the over on Oh, the overall rounds minus one forties. So maybe the I don't know. Go go the underdog on, or the better odds on this go the under. I don't I don't really know. I don't know either. Four and a half rounds. That's a long time. That's a hell of a fucking fight if they go on the over. Yeah, and two guys who have knockouts on the record got a lot of wins. Yeah. Also, don't really know either their 
their styles. We're not the experts on this. We're just oh. throwing out some numbers, looking for some shit to talk about. So I don't know. It would probably be a day of decision. I guess I'll go with the under for now, hoping for a knockout, because honestly, knockouts are more exciting. Um, and I guess that's really it. Don't don't have any other notes on the, the undercards. Also, even if I had notes, it wouldn't be worthwhile sharing to you guys, because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, but let's get to a little some NBA basketball. We had... Nets got what ended up being like I was getting kind of nervous down the stretch of the game last night against the Pacers because they were up 32 at the half, which was their largest lead since 2001 at halftime. Ended up only winning by 10, which I kind of had a feeling was going to happen because like you never know with these fucking Nets. The under the uh, the over did not hit on the game, which I kind of expected. I played the over the night before on the Nets. Pistons game and the Nets are a very interesting team like we've all seen in the news like in the sports world news how they're uh, all their like they're I think under 500 against team or most of their losses are against teams that are under 500 which means they play to their they play to their competition so you like to think that going into the playoffs that they'll be up for the challenge, and I, you just have no defense. The Nets, bro, they have literally no defense. That's why they're losing the teams that are under five hundred, which is ridiculous. When you have KD, Harden, and Kyrie, there's just no defense. Every game the over is going to hit on every game. The over has hit has not hit once. That's the only thing. Every other game the over's hit every time they've played. Yeah, I mean, and. So against the Pistons, DeAndre Jordan looked like a traffic cone. Apparently, the Nets were really getting after him because it looked like he had no effort on the court. I didn't really watch. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch that game because I think we were recording at the time. And I had uh, – uh, oh, what was I watching? I was watching the Texas Tech-West Virginia game. And honestly, I found that game much more compelling than Nets versus the Pistons early on in the season. You know, I feel like that's not too ridiculous of a decision. But, uh, like, he was a traffic cone, and, like, he's a big reason why they were terrible defensively. But last night, watched a a vast majority of that game, and he looked like a true dominant force, kind of like his uh, Lob City self with the Clippers, where he was catching mad lobs. He did miss a really, like, a wide-open dunk in the second half. But he was hitting the boards, getting a, like his patented Jordan tip to half court on the offensive rebound. Uh, really gave Sabonis and Miles Turner the work on both ends of the court. Like he actually looked good defensively, looked good on the offensive end, was really hitting the, the offensive glass. And I forget who said it. I think it might have been Perkins or no. Uh, I think it was Kellerman on first take said that DeAndre Jordan's the X factor for the Nets this season. Thoughts. I mean, if he starts playing somewhat of defense, yeah, he would be the X factor for the Nets in the postseason and throughout the rest of the season. The only thing is, he's just got to stop playing defense. If he doesn't stop playing defense, he ain't an X factor or nothing. He should sit his ass on the bench. Exactly. What what other role does he have on the team other than play defense? Rebounding. Part of defense. Part of defense, yeah. 
pretty much. He's not uh, a he's not a great offensive rebounder. Yeah, just for him just literally stand under the basket, grab boards, and play defense, and not let people drive down the down the middle of the court. Yeah, because you know you know Kyrie's gonna get burnt, Harden's gonna get burnt at times. So, like then the rotation comes, and he's old enough where I think part of the problem with him him has been that. Uh, so, like, when they get beat, he gets caught in, like, no man's land where he has to choose between uh, being the help defender and rotating to the, the guy with the ball. But then if he rotates, if he shows too much, then it's a lob to the big man that he was guarding who's now wide open. And mm-hmm. then I don't really have good, uh, like, short-cornered help defenders. Like, Jeff Green's passable, but, like, he's, again, an older player. And this is just not, like... Overall, the team's not constructed to be a defensive team, but he's just not in. He's like so. He's out of his prime where he can't. Where like if he was in his prime, that wouldn't have been a problem because his athleticism would be able to account for that. And say he were to were to help too much and throw the lob, he would still be able to get back, have a second bounce, and like get more, be able to cover more distance because of his leaping ability, where he would be able to take care of that. And as of right now, unless they make a move at the trade deadline, which I don't know what they would be able to do unless it's for like, I don't know, like a lower level big man. It's really no, ain't no way they could really improve the team. But also, as we talked about before, the Nets don't have the draft capital to really do anything to make a big wave. No, not at all. Not at all. They can't. They're not going to get anybody before the trade deadline ends. So they're probably just going to be rocking who they have, honestly. Unless they, like we talked about it, get possibly getting um, JaVale McGee. Because that wouldn't be – he's JaVale McGee's, I believe, coming off the bench for the Cavaliers. Make, he was signed to a 7 or $8 million a year contract. So it's not – that wouldn't be a huge ask. And theoretically, the Nets could probably – throw like a couple like throw a bunch of second round picks and then uh i don't know like throw guys that got on like two ways or something maybe send nick claxton who hasn't really suited up at all he was a second round pick uh 2019 draft and a little cash considerations that's like that one if i'm the Cavs, i wouldn't turn that down because really what do you need JaVale for? Yeah, well, Cavs, what are you going to lose in this situation? Yeah, you now have Jared Allen, who they're going to have to re-sign. Sexton's looking like a monster. Uh, Garland's looked pretty good this season when he's been on the court. They're looking to move Kevin Love. Kevin Love, as we talked about, doesn't uh, doesn't fill any of the holes with the Nets. Large contract, really not no upside to it. Mm-mm. And across the league, there really aren't many – good options maybe like a a Bismack Biombo from Charlotte but they're in the playoff hunt right now and he's starting for them so it doesn't make sense for Charlotte to move him McGee's the only option on the table yeah like the only option that's like really worth it and also at like a low cost high reward like he played for a championship team last year and he'd bring the intangibles for what the Nets really need right now um what oh I, I don't know if you saw this, but there were uh 
there was like for the all star for all star voting, they released uh some poll numbers today, like uh vote tallies. Well, who Caruso? What? Who Caruso? Nah, Julius Randall's getting a lot of votes. He's in the top. Oh yeah. He's in like the top eight or nine for front court players in the East. Yeah. I saw that. Deserve definitely deservedly so. Oh, one hundred percent. I thought you were going to say Caruso because he's in the top 10 right now also. Um, he's at number 10. Yeah, but, like, wasn't Jeremy Lin in the top 10 that breakout year he had with the Knicks for, like, a week? I don't remember. Probably. But, like, over the years, there's – the occasional player who gets like a fuck ton of love. Oh, who was it? Oh, it was Zaza. Bro, like three or four years ago, Zaza Pachulia was like second in voter in votes in the West because uh, all the votes from fucking wherever he's from, Jordan, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, like overall, like he's. It's that's not going to be sustained, and also, he's a good player, fine role player, could start on some teams in the league, not an all star, especially not in the West. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And I don't, I don't think there's really a need to debate that one. But uh, all right, let's get to some uh some games we got. So tonight we have. Uh, Miami and Houston on TNT right now. Uh, that's a pretty good game because over over the last six games for the for the Rockets, John Wall's averaging like a little over twenty one a game, six board, uh, six assists, uh, four or five boards, couple steals, and uh, I think they're five and one over that five and one over that uh, six game stretch. So they're actually they're looking pretty good. They got Oladipo. They have Bogey coming off the bench. Christian Wood went down with an injury, I think, a game or two ago. He's out like three, four weeks. But overall, they they're they're looking like pretty good. Honestly, looking a lot better than than they did with Harden beginning of the season. And Miami just yeah, Miami's uh, just got Jimmy Butler back uh, like a week ago. So. They'll start playing up to their their actual potential sooner rather than later, because they're like shitty record when he was out when they were um, I think they were like four and eight, four and ten, something like that. Only team worse than them in the East at that point was uh the Wizards and the Pistons. Uh, so they'll get rolling. We got Toronto playing Boston also live right now. And then uh, Philadelphia is playing Portland later tonight on TNT. Right. What do you think of this? So I just remembered uh, thinking back to the the uh, like the All Star voting numbers. What do you think about Russell Westbrook uh, being an All Star? He's gonna get votes, bro, because he's Westbrook. One hundred percent. Do I think he's an all-star? No, not at all. But he's Russell Westbrook, so he's going to get them. Like, if he was in the West, putting up these numbers for such a shitty team, 
I would say no no chance in hell. Like his numbers are a little bit down from last year for a team that's not in the playoff hunt. Finally, Bradley Beal's getting some All Star love, which is absurd because like his points per game went up this year. They still fucking suck. So it just like that. It, the All Star voting just makes no sense to me whatsoever. No, I think cool. it should be taken out of the hands of the press, and it should be. Uh, I think they should take out the press aspect where for like the starters it's 50 50 or whatever it is and have it be 50 percent coaches 50 percent fans and then for the the replacements then it'd be like a coaches and like a split decision between coaches and players yeah no i agree with you on that i 100 percent agree with you on that yeah because it's just like I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, it's good for the fans to uh, be involved, but overall, like we've seen, like there's guys getting snubbed and really like some selections that just don't make sense. No, not at all. Like there's Bill should 100% be an all-star. I don't care that he's on a shitty team. He should be 100% be an all-star, bro. Like, okay, he's not going to be an MVP candidate because he's on a shitty team which he doesn't deserve to be an MVP candidate because he's on a shitty team. But 100% he should be an all-star. All-star means the numbers that you're putting up in the season. That's what an all-star is, all-star caliber type of player. That's why. Yeah, and uh, I mean, let's just run. I agree with that. Since you said your computer's about to die, so we'll wrap it up. In like 10 minutes or so, we should be good. Uh, let's just like run through quick games that we might want to watch. You see anything on the Friday slate that interests you? Mm-hmm. Ooh, Milwaukee, Utah. We saw that last night. I know. It's going to be another great game. That game was crazy last night. Crazy. That's going to be another great game. Man, I like what Donovan started. Mitchell said. He was like, or it was Donovan Mitchell, right? Where he was like, oh, saw uh, Giannis shooting the shot to win it. And I was like, yeah, I knew we were good. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. That's funny. That's, bro, when I saw them inbound it to Giannis and he went to, for a jump shot, like I knew I knew the game was over. There's no shot he was making that. Not a way at all. And then I like Memphis, the Lakers. That's another good matchup. My boy Ja. Especially with AD out. All right, yeah, Lakers have also just went three straight games in OT, double OT, and then two regular OT games. But I can see Memphis giving LA a run for his money tomorrow night. That should be an interesting game on ESPN. Yeah, and I think AD, AD's been out the last two games. So I think, like, the lines won't be crazy, but I, I would throw money on on the money line for Memphis. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, For tomorrow, I – Another game like I'm gonna watch is Dallas New Orleans, cause I just love love seeing Zion play, seeing how Brandon Ingram's doing, and seeing how Luke is doing, cause I have a future on them to win it all. Yeah. Um. That's really it. Let's go to Saturday. Phoenix Philly will be fucking good ass game, and that's a 3 p.m. game. 
I keep forgetting, like, the last last two Saturdays have been afternoon games, and I haven't even noticed. I've just been enthralled with college basketball. Uh, so I haven't really looked at that at all. And then Brooklyn Golden State's – Brooklyn Golden State and then Miami-Utah. Yeah, those are good slates. Yeah, definitely. Definitely well, good slates. Let's swing to college basketball, just do a little – we'll just, like, look at – uh, didn't I didn't do any picks? So I haven't really. I took a couple bets tonight, but haven't really loved. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the spreads recently. Uh, probably nothing tomorrow. Um. Yeah, not ain't shit tomorrow. Shit, all shitty fucking games. Yeah, but that's because like. Saturday, Indiana at number four Ohio State, Wake Forest at Florida State, Hammering Florida State, Loyola Chicago at number twenty-two, Loyola Chicago at Drake. That that's ESPN two. That'll be a good ass game. Yeah, is a battle for the top of the Missouri Valley Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma State's playing. Let's go down a little bit. Oklahoma versus West Virginia at 1 o'clock. That's going to be a fucking huge game. Yeah, it's going to be a big, very big game. Very big game. Uh, Tennessee, LSU, that's worth watching. Um, Moving down a bit. All right, let's just get to the big games. Alabama's playing Georgia. Not a huge game. Um, I'm gonna end up hammering St. Louis play when when they play Fordham Saturday. Uh, Duke's playing NC State. I think Duke's Duke shot. Duke is shot. Probably the best Big East game of the year so far. Villa, number five Nova versus number nineteen Creighton. That'll be a huge matchup. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of attraction on that one. Um. All right, let's get top 25, motherfucker. Let's go. Uh, no. That's, wow, that's it. That's a week Saturday. Oh, I think, could, well, Baylor has COVID issues. I think Gonzaga might have COVID issues also. Yeah, I think Gonzaga does have COVID issues also. It's a shitty week in college basketball. Shitty week to bet. Yeah, nothing, like, really nothing fun to bet. I think I've taken, three games all week, maybe two. Yeah. Before tonight, and I took four. Um, But let's get to the uh, hypothetical that I wanted to pull out for you. So it was a tweet from September about a quote from Randy Johnson from a while ago. You've probably heard this. So it was like, I forget how, how the question was phrased to him, but he basically said, so – uh, he said that his go-to weapon that he he's prepared that he's prepared has it in his house pretty much at all times ready for use. If there's a home intruder, is a bag of baseballs. <laughs> so, I guess my question to you is: Would you? So I'm gonna. I have like a couple different. Uh, different options well first off we'll start with randy johnson bag of baseballs or barry bonds and a baseball bat you're an intruder what are you more scared of barry bonds and a baseball bat 
100%. Yo, if Randy Johnson's throwing, I'm just going to be ditching and dodging that shit. Joe, when was the last time you played, like, it's like you've golfed recently, but when was the last time you played a high-level sport where you need to use a lot of agility? Four years ago? Doing what? Baseball. Five, I don't know, five years ago, baseball. Exactly. And that's not like football or basketball where you're cutting and weaving. Yeah, but also Randy Johnson's throwing. He's also old as hell. He ain't throwing 100 miles an hour anymore. He's not throwing 100, but he's 6'10". He could still pro- – like if you get, on like 85 miles an hour right now, 80 miles an hour. I don't give a fuck, but like, bro, he hits you in the head throwing 70, 75. It's going to leave a mark. And bro, you like, yeah, it's not going to be like the, the, like the, like he's not going to be painting corners like he was while he was playing, but he's still going to hit a target. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I'd rather, and it's like, most scared Barry Bonds with a baseball bat. Yeah, but that's up close. If Randy Johnson catches you and like you know he's, like you know he's rich as fuck. So say you're rifling through the living room, trying mm-hmm. to steal shit. He comes in from like the opposite side of the room. You're running. Barry Bonds. What is he gonna do? Throw the baseball bat at you? From that distance, I'm more scared of Randy Johnson. True. Because he could also like he's holding a bag of baseballs. And if he gets close, he's just going to whack you with the bag of baseballs. Yeah, but if Barry Bonds get close, he's going to hit you over with a baseball bat and you're going to die. You're not going to die over a bag of baseballs. Mm, you could be seriously injured. Yeah, you could uh, be. Yeah, that was, that was real. That, yeah, that's pretty, pretty much it. That was funny. That was funny. I never knew, I never knew that. That's funny. That's funny. That's just Randy Johnson, bro. He's crazy. One of the greatest pitches of all time. Yeah, uh, I just I heard that like I I heard that before like when it was uh, trending back in September. Thought it was just funny, and then I heard it on a podcast I was listening to earlier. I was like, oh, don't really have much to talk about tonight, so might as well pose it for the homie. Yeah, bro, that's funny. That's fucking funny. All right, so yeah, that's that's really it. So I guess we'll wrap it up here. Uh, all right, fellas are out. Peace.